Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Strive to FI podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joseph Hadaway, and today I'm speaking with Jason Wojo. Jason is the CEO of LifeNair. He has quite a long resume that includes quitting his job in 2011, real estate broker, business consultant, and of course, a LifeNair coach, later CEO, and I'm really looking forward to getting into that. How are you doing today, Jason? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Hey, really appreciate you taking the time to come on. Excellent. So I've learned doing this podcast for actually going on a year now. No one talks about themselves better than you can. So gave you a short <laughs> bio. What else can you tell us about yourself? Yeah, man. Well, I mean, this, uh, first of all, let me just tell you, I never in a million years would have expected the position I have right now with LifeNair. I, I was trained as a scientist. I went to school for literally 15 years, ended up with two bachelors, a master's and a PhD, only to find out that I didn't like working for somebody else. And that's what led me down this road. And I got into real estate investing uh, in a couple of different you know, niches of that. And then I started coaching other people on how to do it. And then one thing led to another. And now I, now I share the life inner message all over the country and run the company. So uh, I'm going to promote this episode of speaking with Dr. Jason then. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. But yeah. That's, I, uh, it, it's almost embarrassing that people are like, so are you using your degree right now? And I'm like, well, not exactly at all but it's all good. I wouldn't take it back. If you don't mind me asking, what, uh, what was the PhD in? What subject? It was immunology. So study of the immune system. Oh, then I'm sure the last two years have been a lot of fun <laughs> for you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, you know, m- moving into, you know, I guess the actual meat of the interview starting course, we brought it up a couple of times. You now, what is life in there? Yeah, man. Well, so let me, let me give you a little context for this. So like, I go into business for myself after leaving my job and I realize that, and, and, and some of your people might realize this as well, is like, it's so easy to let business take over. And all of a sudden, you know, you're working a nine to five when you had a job for somebody else. And all of a sudden you're working twice that when you're working for yourself. And so life and air is really about helping people structure and organize business around their life. So we help people create a vision for their life first, which is like, Hey, what do you, what do you really want your life to look like? Let's figure that out. And then we'll talk about business. Then we'll figure out, okay, how much money do you need to make? How, how, how are you going to run your business that way to make the finances you want? And so life here is really just about, you know, helping small business owners and entrepreneurs. And, and we have a lot of real estate investors as well that follow us really just to create a life they love really and a business to go along with it. I think it's a great mission to have. I mean, I've had the pleasure of talking to a lot of entrepreneurs and even real estate investors, and they'll talk about it. I mean, if, if you let it, it will consume your life. It's just so easy, man. You know what I mean? Like, and I, and I get it. Like, I went through that. And it's just like, you know, you, there's so many things that it, you, you have to really learn the discipline of turning it off and, and not operating from a scarcity mindset. And all these skills that necessarily you didn't have to develop as a, as an employee that now are critical to you being successful as a business owner. And if you're not careful, like I've, I've seen business owners that have gone through divorces or have had heart attacks because they stopped working out and the whole thing, man, and it's just, it's a hefty cost to pay for, uh, for pursuing something that really you, you could have both. You don't have to choose one or the other. And yeah, absolutely love to hear it. Absolutely. Great message. And a lot of what, uh, I started this podcast for. Yeah, man, totally. So, you know, I'm going to start in your resume. Of course, uh, I went to my research before. So you joined Life in Air back in 2009, correct? As a coach? Actually, I was a student in 2009. Like, so that's that's what helped me get out of my job was like, so I, I ran into the founder, Steve Cook, 
and I joined the coaching program because I, I had never, I listen, man, I had no business experience at all. Never had a, a single family member that was an entrepreneur. Like everybody in my family worked. That was all you did. And so I knew I needed help. And so I, I hired Steve as my coach in Life and Air. And, uh, and with his help, uh, that, that's where I actually started. And so from there, I did become a coach for Life and Air. Now we're probably projecting to 2000, maybe four years later, 2013. Uh, but that, yeah, then, then it was a progression to, to CEO after that. Which is a ridiculous, uh, climb in the corporate ladder there. It's in dude. It's so insane. It really is. I, I remember telling Steve specific, well, it started off as a coach and I, and I, um, had some success there. And then I started speaking and I'm, I'm teaching the events and then Steve kind of pulled me aside and he's like, Hey man, like, you know, are you interested in kind of partnering up on this? And I, and, and to that point in my life, I mean, and I, to this day, Steve is just an incredibly smart guy who's brilliant, who's influenced my life to a tremendous degree. And now I'm working alongside him. So it was super bizarre for me at first. And I told him like, you realize I'm completely unqualified for this, right? <laughs> and he's like, he's like, yep, I know it, but I know you'll also rise to the occasion and you'll make, you'll, you'll do great things. And I'm, and so with his blessing and confidence, like here we are, the company hasn't burned down. We're doing, we're doing really well and, and we've had a lot of fun. So CEO wasn't your original goal. You more so, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Sounds like you just jumped on the opportunity when it presented itself. Yeah. I mean, it, it really did. Like I, I had, so, so for me, I got my PhD and I couldn't, I couldn't find work originally. And cause I wanted to be a teacher. I love teaching. And so the coaching side for life near really was kind of natural for me. One dilemma I always had with the teaching, a regular traditional teaching position is like, you know, I don't want to teach something to people that, that they don't care about or that or it's not really, really life, you know, um, going to impact their life. Like, you know, something like bio biology one-on-one. Okay. I don't, I want, I don't, I want to teach something that's going to impact people. And so coaching was a natural fit. And so I loved it. And then as the role of CEO presented itself and, and, as in training people at the live events, I realized, man, I can, I can teach from a larger platform and I can influence more people. So like a CEO, I get to pour now we have, you know, 12 coaches that I get to kind of pour into and, and they're changing lives. So I've, I've basically escalated my ability to influence and, and reach and impact people through kind of, yeah, the, through the, the, I guess you could call it the corporate ladder, um, of life and air really. Which is absolutely amazing to hear. So, I mean, again, if you could talk on this any, I mean, do you feel like you position yourself to be ready anyway to that opportunity or was it kind of like a dumb luck kind of thing? No, man, I, I think, you know, someone recently said this to me and at first I was offended, but then I took it, I took it kind of like, I think the way he meant it. He said, you know, you've, he said, man, you've basically like forced gumped your way through life. And I'm like, <laughs> at first I'm like, okay, what do you mean? Like, is it just lucky? It's like, no, but you're like, you're prepared. Like when, when something presents itself and you just do these really cool things. And so like, for me, I've always been obsessed with like getting better with improving, with small incremental changes, both professionally and personally, that I think over time, like inconsistency just lead you to a, a better place than you would have realized. Like you don't, you don't recognize those micro changes because they're so, you know, they're so small. It's like the person, you don't just wake up over, you know, overnight and you're 20 pounds heavier. It's, it's four years. And so for me, I didn't realize how much I positioned myself until I had the opportunity. And I realized like, wow, like, you know, I, I've done all these things 
And but more than that, more than the doing the things, and I've, I've I've tried to always do the right thing as far as like you know something with ethics and integrity, and that was a big part that Steve relayed to me that why he wanted me on board is because like you know you'll you'll make the hard calls, you'll you'll have the hard discussions, you'll you'll have integrity, you'll you know you'll do the right thing, and that that really did I think play a huge role in in, in me moving forward in the company. I mean, hey. I- if nothing else, be a decent person, get you pretty far through life. It really does, man. Like people, I think people think that you have to like screw people and 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 look out for yourself and just be like, uh, you know, just like, you know, just, you know, razor's edge uh, all the time and, and, and just, you know, you get yours. I think that's the wrong attitude, man. Um, there were many times throughout my career that other people thought like I was like, like, man, you could, you could be doing this, you could be doing that. You should be asking for more money. You should be, you know, do have this title, that title. I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to do my part, do it as best as I can. And I believe that I, I will be rewarded. You know, I believe that good things will come to the people who do the right things. Like, and, and so, so sabotaging others, cutting down others, looking out for yourself. I mean, I don't think that's the way to long-term success. I mean, here we are talking to the man who went from student to CEO. I mean, just basically, like you said, being a good person, quote unquote, Forrest Gumping your way through it. Yeah. Uh, obviously proof it works. We're giving real advice. Oh, totally, man. This, I, and I believe, and, and here's the thing too, is I think you got, you got to make sure you're around the right people too. Like, so for instance, if, if Steve was a person who took advantage of others and who relied on others to do his dirty work, or there was that who was someone who was unscrupulous, then he may, then he may have, have taken advantage of me. And at some point, maybe I would have realized that, but he's not. And so that's what allowed me to progress is by being around other people who have integrity and want good things for other people. And so his alignment and his, and his ethics aligned well with my own. And so that's, that's what allowed me to progress. Cause I have heard horror stories of people that have, you know, really given their all only to the detriment of themselves when other people took advantage of them. So you have to be cognizant of that. You can't, you know, you, you don't want to bury your head in the sand, but as long as you know, you're dealing with good people, I think you're in, you know, you, and you do the right thing, like you'll be rewarded. I feel like it's that same concept. You know, your network is your net worth. If your friends are millionaires, you're the next millionaire. So kind true. Of goes backwards. Mm-hmm. If your friends are scumbags, well, guess who's it's next? So tr- yeah, it's so true, man. And I'll admit we sidetracked from our original line of questions, but I'm loving where this is going. I do want to go back to you. So you quit your job in 2011, correct? Yeah. Yep. So you mentioned this in in the preliminary talks or things that I've read. And I, I've got to ask, even just for my personal purposes, it took you 11 months. Why? Because uh, that's a lot more than a two week notice. <laughs> well, so dude, I, I got to tell you, I'm I'm a uh, I'm a not, I'm a conservative type of guy. I did not have at that point in my life, the confidence that I could make the money I needed to make to survive uh, on my own. Like I, and so I did my first real estate deal. And then from the time from that first deal to when I quit is when I, when I made the jump. And so I did three deals in that first year that, uh, of, uh, of real estate investing. And that's when I'm like, okay. Cause, cause here's the thing, man, the first time was really like the hit up the hit upside the head that like okay because because I, I made half my year's salary on one flip and I'm like okay, well my PhD is not in math but I could I could do this one, and I said I just need two, 
And so then I did another one. I'm like, well, what if this was beginner's luck? Like, or, you know, third's a charm. I need one more. And so I did the third one. Then I'm like, okay, I built up the confidence. But frankly, I was scared to leave. Like I was working um, in, a, in a government contracting position and it was fairly secure. It was safe. It was stable. You know, it was, it was paying fairly well. Um, and so it took a lot of confidence for me to build up that, the, the courage to leave. Uh, and I think some people struggle with that and that's why they have jobs they hate. You know, they, they don't, they, don't, they haven't reached that point of desperation where they're like, I have to do this and I have to learn how to do it and, and, and make the jump on their own. I mean, understandably, it's, it's a scary thing. It is, man. I, and, and maybe, maybe not for everybody. You know, I have some friends who are, who are the, you know, build your parachute on the way down kind of people. That isn't, that isn't me, man. Like I'm, I'm like, I don't know, like maybe it's, I don't know if it's the, the scientific method that's been ingrained in my head, but like, I kind of want to like know a little bit of the plan and have some, some, you know, some evidence that this is actually going to work before I jump. And, and that makes perfect sense. I mean, especially I feel like, correct me if you think I'm wrong on this in a career kind of like flipping where you always kind of got to look for the next deal. It's not, I don't want to compare it, but straight up long-term rentals where, you know, you're pretty confident that income's coming in. That's right, man. It's totally, yeah, it's so inconsistent. Like, you know, you can go, I've seen this happen where someone will go like four or five, six months without a deal and then they'll get three in a weekend. It's just so inconsistent. Um, now I did eventually get out of that niche specifically for one, some of those reasons. So I, I get out of wholesaling and rehabbing, but um, that's what got me out to start off with, man. That's, that's how I started. Hey, if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. Um, yeah. So, you know, going back to, you know, basically, you know, quitting a job in a lot of ways you achieve freedom. Call it that. Don't call it that. At what point, you know, I guess were you sitting there at your desk or even if you're a doctor, you spent 10 years in school. At what point did you like, okay, this, this isn't it. What, what made you crave that freedom? It was, it was that first. So I, so I finished my PhD. Uh, I got my very first job. It was a postdoc. I'm, I'm up in DC, Washington, DC. And I realized the very first few weeks, I'm like, I can't do this. Like I, and it wasn't even that, that I had a problem with the people. I didn't have a jerk boss. I made okay money. Um, I just hated some, something inside of me despised the feeling of realizing that somebody else was controlling my schedule. You know, what I worked on, who I worked with, how much I worked, when I took vacations, you know, how much I was going to make the whole thing when I sat down and thought about it, it just made me sick. And, and I couldn't imagine doing this for the rest of my life. Like this is my very first job out of school. And, I, and of course, I just spent all this time in school. So that's a whole nother discussion, you know, how that feels. Um, but I, and, and I had a lot of invested, uh, I had a lot of invested time to, to continue down that path because I've been trained in it. But, you know, I remember my coach said to me, he pulled me aside. He said, this is when I had gotten into life in air. And he said, the only thing He's like, cause I, and I said, I'm like, am I crazy for wanting to leave and wanting to do, you know, go on my own? He's like, the only thing I think is crazy is doing something you're not passionate about just because you got a degree in it. And I'm like, man, you're right. <laughs> like, you're right. <laughs> I'm like, dang it. Like, and so, and so I, man, I just, I know that some people love what they do and that's awesome. Um, but I'd even challenge those people who have jobs, like, are you living every other part of your life that you want to live? Or is that job preventing you from experiencing some of the things that are really important? Um, and if so, you, you may have a choice to make, like, do you, do you want to, you know, control your own destiny and, and take the chance? And because it is, it is more risky of sorts. I mean, we could argue about that. Cause I mean, what job is really safe these days anyway. Um, 
but you gotta really want it. And I, I wanted it because I, I couldn't stand somebody else controlling what I felt to be like my entire life, really. And I gotta say, during that talk, I think you hit every single entrepreneur financial independence buzzword I've put into 20 episodes of this podcast. <laughs> um, we knocked it out, right? <laughs> but I mean, it's, but I mean, you're not, you're not throwing out buzzwords. You're giving, you know, basically quote unquote your life story here. I mean, this is stuff that happens is how you actually felt. And it's very inspiring to hear. Well, man, I'll, I'll tell you, like, and, and I know that everyone's different, but like for me, I just, the, if, if I look at it this way, like you, let's say you work eight hours, just eight hours a day. Many of you work more than that at a real job. And you, you fast forward that like through your entire working career, like how much time is left for the, like the good stuff for life? Like how much is left for like the things we want to do? And it, it's, it's not a lot. And I, and that's why I'm like, dude, this is not the formula. Like, how did we even get here? Like, how did, how did we get suckered into this? Like, cause this is kind of a scam in a way, like to consider like what life really looks like, uh, for most people it's, it's sad. And I, I didn't want that for myself and I don't, I don't want it for anybody. Hey, amen to that. There's a lot more than 40 years of 40 hours. Yeah, Could not dude. agree more to well that. Well said. So now, you know, you, so you are, you are the CEO now of a company helping other entrepreneurs realize this, they need this freedom or help them work toward this freedom too. Yeah. Yep. Which is again, just absolutely amazing. I love to hear it. So I, I guess, you know, so question, you know, first up entrepreneur here, I know I have several entrepreneurs listening to the show and I know I've talked to several of them that work 80, 90 hour weeks on their business. First yeah. thing you'd say to them, first piece of advice you got. Man, they, the first thing I think they need to do is create a vision for their life. Like, and I know, listen, man, I cannot tell you how many entrepreneurs are like, come on, man. Like, listen, if I just made another 50 grand this year, I'd be sad. Or if I just made another hundred grand or another million, whatever it is. And I'm like, nope, you're, you're not getting it, man. It, that's not the solution. I'm telling you, I can, I mean, everybody thinks it's a financial number that means freedom and it's not, it's, it's, there's so much more to that. There's, I mean, I know plenty of people that have a lot of money, but have no time to enjoy it. And so I believe until you spend a little bit of time going through and creating your own vision for your life, you're not going to have a reason to stop working. And therefore you're just going to keep working. Like, you know, um, Joseph, I don't know if you've heard of like Parkinson's law. Um, it's not super common. It's, um, it's an economical, it's an economical term. And, and there's, there's been studies done on this and research, but essentially it, it's in, in everyday language. It means that we will, and, and I'll just apply it to, to work as, as, as this is our topic here, but it, it basically says like, Hey, if you have 40 hours a week to work, you're going to work 40 hours a week. If you have 20 hours a week to work, you'll get the, done, the work done. You need to get done in 20 hours a week. It's kind of like the plate studies where they've shown that like, for instance, you can take subjects and you can serve them food on a smaller plate and they will report the same, sorry, they will report being more full than the exact same amount of food on a larger plate. Meaning like, you know, first, so there's something psychological about um, the relationship between supply and, and um, how you feel about that. And so like what a vision does if that's clear, by the way, I didn't explain that super clearly. Oh, basically what it, what it means is like, and I'll bring it back to this. You're in, you're in college. You have a week to write a term paper. It takes you a week. You have a semester. It takes you a semester. And so if you have all this time in your life to work, you're going to work. It's just, especially if you're good at it. And a lot of, listen, a lot of, I know a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs that love what they do. And 
you know, they're burning the candle at both ends. But I think if they have a vision and you have on that calendar of what a day, a perfect week or a perfect day looks like for you, and you have all this other stuff that are not work, you figure out how to get the work done in less time so that you can live the life you want. And that all comes from the vision. If you don't have the vision, you don't know what you want to do for fun and what you want your life to look like. And so you just work. And I, that, that hits home more than I'm proud of, admit, I will say that too. Man, I, but but I think it's a so it's so many people, and so I remember one this one guy, um, really successful business guy. His name's Ned, and he's like, hey man, we had him. He came to to this life intervent thing we do where we work on a vision, and he's like, hey man, great great. We had him do this exercise, and he's like, hey, great news. I have 50 hours a week that I can work, and I'm like, dude, what's on your what's on your vision? He had almost nothing there, and I started digging in with him, and he'd been working so hard so long that he literally didn't even remember what he'd like to do for fun. Um, I said, what, and, and, you know, this is not uncommon. We had another, we had another guy who's like, we were, I was sitting down with him helping his vision. And I, and he said, and I said, um, all right, what do you want to do for fun? He's like, well, I'll work my business. I said, okay, but what if, what if you couldn't work on your business? He's like, Hmm, I'd help somebody else work on their business. I'm like, no, you're, you're not getting it. Like, what do you want to do? That's non-business related. And it took us like a full day to get into this with him. And so, People, I, man, and listen, I, I love business. It's fun. It's awesome. It's a challenge. It's, 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 it's all these amazing things, but it's not everything, you know? 100% amen to that. I mean, it, and it's, again, I've had the pleasure of talking to a lot of entrepreneurs and they all say that exact same thing. I mean, if you work too hard for, for too long, you become the work and yeah, nobody really wants that. That's totally true. And it, yeah, and you, you got to keep an eye on it. It's just, it's really kind of, it's, it's a slippery slope um, that if you take the eye off, uh, if you take your eye off the ball, like it's easy to happen. I, I really also like how you commented on um, a lot of people who have money, but don't have the freedom. We de I've definitely met those people. I know you have too. And anyone listening out there, find someone in your life who's worth three, four, five million or more and woke up this morning to go to work. I guarantee they're there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that's where also like, you know, I, I get questions about the finances and I said, listen, it's, you need, yes, I understand that you need finances in this world. It's not, I'm not saying like, you know, life here is not like a pie in the sky approach to living. It's about strategy, it's about tactics and financial freedom is one of them, but you also need time freedom. You also need the, the emotional freedom to enjoy it because I've seen this happen too, man, where like surprisingly, somebody will feel guilty about their success and so they will they will not enjoy it they'll feel maybe you know maybe they were told when they were a kid that you know rich people are greedy or crooks or whatever and so now they have an emotional time hard time accepting their success and that that doesn't work either because they sabotage themselves and so there's all kinds of freedom it's not it's not just finances there's, there's multiple levels to this yeah it's it's mindset and money they go hand in hand totally. always yeah that's great so then I, and really, I guess, you know, this one's extremely off topic from everything else we've asked, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask about this best real estate investing tip you got from years of flipping. Man. Um, so do you want to for tip for flipping specifically or for anything else from my other experiences as well? Um, you know what, whatever you got, I'm here for it. Yeah. So I, I loved flipping. It was a lot of fun. From there, I got into uh, rentals, did new construction. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm working on some self-storage stuff now. I think you have to, and this is something I didn't do, but I think you really have to figure out 
whether what are you after and what are your resources and and meaning um as far as what are you after are you after consistent cash flow or is it a big chunk of money you need is it a, a is it a chunk of money that you need quickly or can you wait you know six months to do a to build a new house or to to do a rehab to get that money you know what do you need will dictate which vehicle you choose in real estate um and I think a lot of people start off with wholesaling and rehabbing because they, they are typically trying to replace their income. Um, and they do that through uh, short bursts of cash or bigger bursts of cash versus versus just cash flow. I don't think one way is better or worse. There's 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 pros and cons to both. But I think if you know what you want, that's that's a huge thing financially. And then the other part of it is your resources. Like, what would you enjoy? What are you good at? Like, do you have any connections? Do you know somebody who's successful at multifamily or in self-storage or whatever it is. And then you could kind of see what they do that would facilitate you learning it quicker. Or you look at them and say like, I don't want that life. And, so, and that's another lesson for you too, right? That you can, that you can learn that's not something you don't want. And so, so I think combining those two, like, you know, what you want financially as, as well as, um, you know, what your resources are, are great. And of course, to know what you want also, you need a vision still for that because that's going to, that's going to let you know, like if you figure out you want to work uh, 20 hours a week, you got to figure out how you're going to make the money you need in that 20 hours a week. And that's going to in influence which, which vehicle you choose as well. Man, we might do it. We might have to do a follow-up episode just about real estate. That was more than I've gotten in a few hour long recordings before. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. Yeah. Love to. Well, you know, and with that, because we're moving to our closing couple questions for the interview, you know, first up, Jason, where can we find you online? So you could, there's two places that are best place to find Life in Air. One is uh, on lifeinair.com. Uh, and that's where we have our live events listed and everything else like that. And then we also, man, we just formed a private Facebook group that is an awesome community of people that are all kind of there to, to share, to collaborate, to encourage, to give feedback on people that are looking to create lives and businesses they love. That's free for everybody. Like you can, anybody can be in that. You just got to answer a couple of questions and say, you're not going to spam the place and, and turn it upside down. And then we, then we let you in and we have some fun. Those are probably the best two places. And I'll just go and say, I'll link that down in the description and uh, real chance you'll catch me in the Facebook group here too soon. Oh, that'd be great. Um, and last question, I ask everyone who comes on the show this, you know, what's next for Jason Wojo? My hope and dream is that we, uh, that I'm continuing what I'm doing. Like I'm, I get to, uh, run the company here and have some, I work around with some awesome people, awesome coaches, awesome students, and just share this message. We, um, I want to continue doing the events that we do. We do uh, a business builder workshop and a, and a, and a vision building workshop. And uh, quite frankly, man, like we're working on the second, second and third generation of life in air people now that uh, that I'm just looking to pass this torch. I don't I don't want life in air to be something that dies when Steve Cook and myself like are no longer with us. I want I want this thing to, to, to be generationally uh, create a legacy. And so that's 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 what I'm that's what I'm focusing on. My brother, my brother. Love to hear it, man. Love to hear it. And well, really appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me, man.